This podcast is brought to you by Villanova University on iTunes U. Please visit us on itunes.villanova.edu. got quiet, I think we might as well get started. Um, welcome, everyone. Um, my name is Christine Pallas. I'm the Dean of Graduate Studies here in the College of Arts and Sciences. Uh, I've been here at Villanova. I'm starting my 11th year. I'm also a faculty member in the Department of Public Administration. And I am thrilled to welcome you here to our graduate orientation today. Um, I'd also like to give a special welcome to our new students from environmental science. Anyone here from environmental science? We have a new program in environmental science, so you're our first, our first class. So special welcome to you, and then a special welcome. Do we have any new students for the PhD in theology here? They must be in the library. Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Um, well, on behalf of everyone here in, at Villanova and in the College of Arts and Sciences and the entire graduate studies staff, Again, I want to extend our warmest welcome to you. We are thrilled to have you here. Um, we know that the choice to attend graduate school is a very challenging one, a very serious one, and you all invested a ton in deciding where you wanted to pursue your advanced studies. So thank you, thank you for coming to Villanova, and we are absolutely thrilled uh, to have you here. Today's a really you know, great way to get started. You already started your classes, but what we'll give you today is kind of an overview of all the most important pieces of information that you need to know about policies and cool things on campus and just any, anything you need to know about Villanova um, as a graduate student will hopefully give you that introduction today and also give you a chance to not only meet uh, students from your own programs but students from other programs in the college who are starting out as well. So um, I wanted to just start out by giving you my three pieces of advice for you as you're beginning uh, your studies here at Villanova. Um, so first, challenge yourself. You're all here because you loved something. Maybe it's a particular author in English, maybe it's a particular time period, you're here to get your master's in history. What I want to tell you is don't forget that, but also while you're here, don't be afraid to branch out. Do something different. Take a different class. Challenge yourself. Study something you don't know anything about because you never know where that will, that will bring you. So don't be afraid of those challenges. Don't be afraid to take that professor who's you know, kind of mysterious or kind of you, know, you don't know about. You will, you will benefit in the end from that. So that's my first piece of advice. Second is make sure that you allow time to really reflect and relax also. You know, earning a graduate degree is, is no joke. It's hard. It's challenging. You're going to work harder probably than you ever have. You all have jobs, or many of you have jobs. Many of you have families. You may be a graduate assistant. You may be working in the department. You may be working at Starbucks. You may be working, who knows? Life is complicated. So make sure that you take time for yourself. Relax, exercise, sleep. Do all of those important things because your studies will benefit in the end. And then finally, Villanova is an awesome place. As you all know, it has cool things happening every minute of the day. There are lectures. There are some cool sporting events that happen here. Um, there are some great organizations that you can uh, get involved in as a graduate student. Um, there are tons and tons of things happening uh, around campus. So take advantage of all that Villanova has to offer. Um, so make sure you stop by the bookstore, get yourself a cool t-shirt, and you'll be ready to roll. Um, but no, in all seriousness, you know, your time in graduate school will go very fast. You may be here for one year, you may be here for five years, but regardless, I can tell you that in the blink of an eye, you will find yourself at, at commencement 
um, and earning that degree. So make the most of your time here. Know that we are here to support you throughout your entire endeavor. We in the Office of Graduate Studies are always a resource for you, and hopefully you'll get to meet us today and know that as you go forward. Don't ever be afraid to ask a question um, and look for support in our office. So the agenda for today is we're going to have a presentation from some of our members of the, the staff in Graduate Studies first to kind of give you an overview of those policies and other important things that you need to know as you start your studies here. And then we're going to turn it over to some special visitors from across campus to talk about hot topics like you know, health insurance and health services on campus, career services, and then graduate student life opportunities, among other topics. So that's the agenda for, for today, just about you know, an hour and a half, two hours of presentation, and then we'll have lunch and mingling. Um, so before we get started, I just want to introduce um, our members of the Graduate Studies staff who are with us today. I'm going to turn it over next to um, Ms. Susan Jacobs. She's the Executive Director of Graduate Studies. And then we're going to hear from Katie Medorlik, who's the operations coordinator in our office, and then Emily McCloskey, who's the assistant director. And then outside in the lobby, we also have Linda Bonanno, who's a wonderful resource for you as well, and also Suzanne Tobin, who are outside. So thank you all for coming. Again, the warmest welcome to Villanova. We are thrilled to have you. I am so excited for you as you start this journey. You're going to have a blast. You're going to learn so much. And congratulations on, on getting here. Thanks so much. Hi everybody, once again I'm Susan Jacobs, um, welcome again, and I'm so happy to see all of you here. Um, my role in the Office of Graduate Studies um, ranges over a variety of different responsibilities from um, helping our team, organizing some of the recruitment events where we may have met you, in fact, maybe you've come on campus um, prior to uh, your arrival here today for um, a tour or an information session. And then um, some of my other responsibilities include um, helping students manage policies and procedures that may become important to them when things may arise. So um, although this is certainly not the most exciting part of your, your graduate studies, we thought we would just get some of this stuff out of the way so that at least you have a frame of reference for it. I'm not expecting you to remember what these policies are, only that if you have a question or if you're encouraging, or I'm sorry, if you've encountered um, a difficult situation, there's probably a policy you should know about related to that situation, and then there's also a procedure you should follow. Um, one of the things about Villanova is that we are steeped in tradition here, and one of those traditions um, regards, if with regards to policies and procedures includes paperwork. So while a lot of what you're doing in your coursework is going to be online and on Blackboard, um, some things in the back of house offices take a little bit longer to figure out and get online. And so with regards to um, dropping a course or withdrawing from a course after the deadline, that needs a paper. If you need to um, have a great extension in a course because of something medical going on or a medical leave of absence, paperwork is required. So while you can do a lot online and in MyNova, and my colleagues are going to talk about that a, a little bit later and we'll communicate with you via email, sometimes there's a form you need to fill out to make something happen here. So that's just what I wanted to talk to you a little bit about today. Um, dropping and adding a course is something that you can do in MyNova prior to the start of classes. 
Um, so up until the drop ad deadline, if you drop a course and add a course, you're even. You don't owe any money there. Um, there's no refund that's due to you. But should you just decide to drop a course because you can't fit it into your schedule anymore, you need to know the policy about dropping, which is that after you attend even one class, so if you went to class already on Wednesday night and you've decided to drop that class, you will not get a 100% refund. You've already taken one course. If you drop that course and add another, you do break even. But if you're just getting rid of one of the courses from your schedule, you will receive a portion of um, the amount that you've paid in tuition back, but not the full amount. Um, keep us informed. So as Christine uh, mentioned, let us know if you're having questions or problems with your courses or with policies and procedures. Um, I like to tell people this sort of um, you know, phrase to remember. A course is like you know, being in a, a shop and breaking something. And if you break it, even though you didn't want to take it home with you, well, you've, you bought it. If you, even if you attend one class, um, you will owe something for that class. The same is true for WXing from a course. Again, I know some of this, you know, it's kind of crazy to think about when some of you haven't even taken your first course yet, but this is just so that you know in the back of your mind, if something comes up, you have a medical issue going on, something with your family, things aren't going as planned, and you need to withdraw from a course, you can do so. Um, the withdrawal deadline is actually November 9th, so you have some time, um, and we would encourage you to obviously talk with not only your professor in the course about potentially WXing, but also your graduate program director and also our office. So the more people that know, the better. The more we can advise you about whether WXing is the right course of action or whether or not, in fact, um, getting an incomplete grade might be an option for you depending on your circumstances. So reach out and communicate with your professor, your graduate program director, and us so that we can advise you and help you understand what the best course of action for you may be. Again, um, should you decide to drop or withdraw from a course, just sending an email to your professor is not enough. You do have to fill out a paper. Um, if you don't fill out a paper and get it signed and approved to WX, unfortunately, the result of that will be a grade of F on your transcript. So we just ask you to keep that in mind as you, as you go through. Um, graduation is the goal, and so I'm just here to encourage you to think about that as you're moving through your academic career. Consult our academic calendar. That's my one piece of advice for you today, that um, you might not even be thinking about it because you already know which, you know, you had your first class or you know your first class is on Monday. Take a look at the academic calendar at the beginning of each semester just so that you know the drop ad deadline, you know the WX deadline. Um, some other deadlines that are going to be important to you later on in a couple of years are application for graduation deadlines. So as you're moving through your program, um, you may need to take a comprehensive exam. There's a deadline for that. There's a form for that as well. You may need to submit your thesis. Um, again, there's going to be a deadline for that. When, it, when you're getting ready for graduation, you have to apply for graduation. You have to go into MyNova. There's a form you have to fill out. And that has to be done by a certain deadline so that we know you're getting ready to graduate. So my advice to you is just keep, you know, keep that in mind. Every semester, just take a look at that academic calendar so you know what the important deadlines are. And that way, you'll keep your academic record in good standing. Any questions? Our website, again, um, it's a great resource. We have a web page called Policies and Resources. It includes information on graduate assistantship, um, 
summer research fellowships, all kinds of stuff. The academic calendar is there, transfer credit policies are there. Any questions about leave of absence, should that become something that you need to make happen? We have a full leave of absence policy. You can read through that. And then of course, reach out to us. Um, we're here to help. And again, as Christine mentioned, um, Villanova is a wonderful place. It is full of caring people who really want to help you succeed and earn your degree. Um, we're included in that category. It's not just the wonderful faculty that you're about to meet, but it's also the people in our office as well. We want to help you make the most of your career and reach that goal of graduation. So just keep in touch with us. All right, um, that concludes my brief portion of this, and I'm going to turn it over to my colleague. Um, here's Katie Nadorlik. Good morning, everyone. My name is Katie Nadorlik, and now that you're here, you probably won't have to interact with me a whole lot. My primary role in the office is um, helping with the application process, which all of you have gone through, and obviously you've succeeded, so um, welcome. But I have some other responsibilities in the office. One of them is working on our website. So if you ever encounter any problems on our website, a form that doesn't work, or a link that's broken, or if you notice any problems, you can of course reach out to me, and I would be happy to not only fix that, but provide whatever information might be missing. So welcome as well to Villanova. Oh yeah, please. There's like tons of seats throughout. Brave soul, thanks. I'll let you guys get settled in here. Okay, so I have just a couple of things to tell you all. Some of these things you're probably already aware of, um, but some things that are definitely worth mentioning, again, if you've perhaps heard them already. Um, the one thing I would like you to make particular note of is signing up for NOVA alerts. Has anybody done this yet? Ah, almost no hands. Okay, so when you leave here today, I'd, I'd like you to do this today. Um, is go ahead and sign up for NOVA alerts. Anybody who's maybe a recent grad within the last couple of years from undergrad is probably aware of a system like this. This is where you would receive critical updates from the university via text message onto your phone. Um, sometimes this brings to mind scary things, and of course it's in place um, for those situations that we hope never happen, but it's also used for a lot of other very um, normal things that occur, bad weather, um, don't come to campus because we're closed, there's been a snowstorm, power outages, um, periodically we experience power outages and there's no power so you can't come to class. Um, and don't we all love to hear about opportunities to um, stay home every once in a while? <laughs> so um, if you want to stay home every once in a while, you should sign up for NOVA alerts. Um, but no, seriously, it's a really important system to be a part of. And you are not automatically signed up for it, I don't believe. So um, I encourage you to sign up for it. You can just do a Google search for NOVA alert. You could go to our website and search for it. And there's information also on UNIT, which is um, their website, which is our on-campus tech search. So find it through one of those places. You should sign up for it. And then I know it's hard to see, but there is a way for your parents or family members to sign up for it. For some of you, that might be an important thing, something they may want to take advantage of. Um, so of course, they're welcome to sign up as well. <coughs> um, the next thing I want to mention is MyNova and NovaSys. So MyNova is like your general Villanova dashboard. Um, who's signed into MyNova already? 
hopefully a lot of you. Okay, great. Um, so you've already found it. You can, um, sign, you can sign into MyNova on our general homepage if you just go to you know, villanova.edu. On the top right-hand corner, there's a link for MyNova. There's really just a wealth of information in here. Updates on events on campus, um, things that are um, specific to you as an individual. There's just a ton of information, and some of those things are listed right there. You can also access Novasys through MyNova. Um, and Novasys is sort of your <coughs> class registration portal um, where you would sign up for classes or maybe find some of those other pieces of paperwork or forms. And you would also potentially go there to um, sign up for graduation <coughs> down the road. So Novasys is a good thing to be aware of and you'll be interacting with that quite a bit. And probably many of you have already located it, but if you haven't, I definitely encourage you to go onto MyNova and really just poke around and look around and see what's there. The next uh, important place for you is Blackboard. This is our learning management system. Um, and it is a different login location. It's through elearning.villanova.edu. And this is where you're going to find the Blackboard sites for each and every one of your classes. Um, so there's going to be tons of course information located there. <coughs> oh. Someone's getting an alert. <laughs> Perhaps it's a text alert. Um, I didn't plan that. Um, so definitely log into here as soon as possible if you haven't already. Probably if you've gone to some of your classes already, they've had you do that. If you're taking a class but you log on to Blackboard and you don't see it, you may want to check with your advisor to figure out why that is and to just look into each one of those courses that are listed in Blackboard to find different information that you would need, like syllabi and calendars and all that good stuff. The next thing is your Villanova student ID. And I know that many of you um, are curious about this, because the ones that have stopped into our office this week, most people have asked, what's my student ID number again? So if you've already gotten your wild card, there's a very long number on there. That is not your student ID number. Your student ID is an eight-digit number. Um, you can find it by looking on MyNova, or you could contact your academic advisor, and they could provide it for you. It's also sometimes referred to as your banner ID, and the reason for that is banner is the system we use for course registration and just student data in general. So it is a number that's different than your wild card number. That banner ID or student ID number is really a very critical piece of information for you. You need it for registering for classes and all kinds of other stuff. So it's a good idea to, I, I think, to just memorize it or find it and tuck it in a place where you could access it frequently. Okay, um, the next thing is about your Villanova email account. So, you know, you all have an alternative email address, I'm sure, like a Gmail or a Yahoo or I don't know what the kids, <coughs> kids are using these days. But, um, you know, an, an alternative email account that is not your Villanova email address, okay? But I want to stress to you the importance of utilizing your Villanova email account. When we correspond with you, we are not going to go and locate your special Gmail address. Um, we are only going to communicate with you via your Villanova email address. That goes for our office, that goes for your department, your professors, and any general Villanova emails that might go out. So accessing your Villanova email account is not optional, okay? It's completely necessary, and you should be doing that at least once a day. Um, and you can check it via, uh, via webmail 
The other thing you, you could do, if, if you just know you're not going to remember to do that or you're not going to be good about that, is you can forward your Villanova email to your alternative email account. And I really recommend you do that if you are even on the border about remembering to check your Villanova email address. So I have a handout actually with instructions for doing that that will be available later on. And we'll also send some follow-up emails next week. We'll include those instructions in that email. Um, so you really um, need to take care of that. Um, you know, we really try our best to keep the emails to a minimum to consolidate information because we know you get a ton of stuff, um, but it's still very important to keep in touch with that. Oh, and another thing about that, particularly when it comes to graduation, which I know everybody says, it's going to be here before you know it, but it really will be. Um, and there's just a lot of different deadlines associated with graduation that we share a lot of information about that through, your, through email. So that's something to be aware of. I talked a little bit about this before, but, um, you know, your wild card is your primary Villanova piece of identification. Excuse me. I really encourage you to carry it with you at all times. Certainly not because there's places where people will check it frequently all the time, but there are certain locations where you have to have it to get in, like the library. You can't get into the library without it. But it's just a good thing to have on you. Um, you never know when you're going to need to pop into the library or maybe do some printing, which you need to have it for that. But um, you know, please just carry it with you. So if you haven't gotten your Villanova ID card already, there are some special office hours, um, opening at 8, closing at 6, which is just a little bit adjusted, but hopefully makes it easier for some of you that are maybe here for an evening class. You could pop in before class and get it. If you don't have it already, you really should go this coming week and get it. And they're located in Doherty Hall, which if you know the big open area on campus with the Oreo, that statue, it's located sort of on that circle. It's pretty easy to find. Okay, so as graduate students, you do have a printing quota, typically a minimum of $60. And I think you can check with your department to find out exactly how much. I'm not as familiar with this, but you will have money loaded onto your wild card that you can use for printing purposes. And there are some times when that will go away at the end of the year. So around May 31st, all accounts will be cleared. And you can find out how much money you have for your printing quota by going onto MyNova and looking at your student tab. So, you know, most things are done electronically, but there are some things that may need to be printed or handed in, or maybe you want to print some articles because you don't want to view them electronically. It's important for you to be aware that you do have this available to you. And then here are some of the, the locations where you can print. Just leave that up for a sec. And when we email next week, maybe we'll share those locations too so that you can, because they are a little bit hidden. Okay. So UNIT is our on-campus tech support. Um, they have a location where you can walk in with questions or problems maybe you're having with your laptop or some other piece of technology here at Villanova. You can also call them, which I know seems a little old-fashioned, but they really do provide awesome tech support over the phone. They can walk you through a problem or they can kind of diagnose something sort of on the basic level over the phone. So they're really great to call and they do have a call center where you can speak with people. You can also visit their website. I would recommend to visit their website first because 
there's just a ton of information on there, all different how-tos on how to set things up or how to access certain things. So that would be another thing to sort of browse in your free time, maybe before things really get started over the semesters to look on their website. Um, and they, you know, their office hours are pretty, pretty standard, but they do have some evening hours where you could get support over the phone. And that is all. Any questions? Okay, great. I will pass it over to my colleague, Emily. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so glad to meet you. My name is Emily McCluskey, and I most certainly would have been communicating with you in one way, shape, or form over the last year. So it's great to put faces to names, so I'd love it if you would even introduce yourself to me. Um, after this, because again, like I said, we, we've talked so much so far. So I'm the assistant director in the graduate studies office. I was also a graduate student in the history program and I graduated in 2012. So I can certainly um, talk to anyone about the history program. And now I'm in the MPA program, so I can't get enough of Villanova's graduate degrees. So, um, but I love working with our graduate students, helping you through the application process meeting you at recruitment events, um, you know, all sorts of things. So I'm going to talk just a little bit about student life on campus, and I will keep it pretty brief. Um, parking, I've gotten a lot of questions from students about this so far. So if you haven't done this already, um, you can log on to the website, and in order to get a parking permit, you need to register online. With it. This is a new system for us this year, actually. It's called the Flexport. Um, and it's very simple, but you will need to log in and then you'll be able to pick up your um, parking permit from Gary Hall. So if you're just planning on being here in the evening, the permit is $50 for the year, but perhaps you're a graduate assistant and you plan on being here a lot during the day, then you will have a $100 parking permit. Um, and that's good from August to August. Another thing I wanted to stress is that some of you are coming to us straight out of their undergraduate degree, but some of you, um, it, maybe it's been a while since you've been um, in class, and so you might be nervous about writing a paper or um, doing, you know, perhaps you're in, an, in a humanities type program, but you have to take a statistics course, so you might be nervous about that. So we have resources that you might think are just for undergraduate students, but these are open to all students at Villanova. So I know many graduate students who have really taken advantage of the Writing Center, and you can make an appointment and you'll sit with a tutor um, and they'll help you with your paper. And I know our graduate students have gotten a lot of value out of that. The same goes for the Math Resource Learning Center. Some of you actually might be tutors working in these, these centers, but you know a lot of our graduate students do take advantage of these really um, important services. We have a lot of dining options on campus, and again, um, you know, some of them are the more traditional undergraduate type, all you can eat, swipe in to get in. That's not necessarily where you'll want to be because as graduate students, you don't have a meal plan, but we have a lot of different a la carte dining options where you can get coffee, sandwiches, salads, basically anything you can think of. I've, I've listed them here, and you'll find them as you see where your camp, your classrooms are, what buildings they're in which ones you um, like the best. The law school, which is somewhere that probably uh, none of you will ever go. Otherwise, they have a great place to eat, just so you know. Um, we also have fitness centers on campus. Again, I'm just really trying to stress that 
the services that are here that you might think are only for undergraduates are available to graduate students too. So you have free access to the Davis Center, which is the main fitness center, and it's really a beautiful gym. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. We also have fitness classes that are offered every semester, and it's only $30 for the full 15 weeks of classes. So that schedule um, is available online, but just something that's good to know. We also have a graduate student lounge. Um, so something that we'll talk a little bit about in, in a bit is our graduate student council. About five years ago or so, the graduate student council thought, you know, there's really no good dedicated study space just for graduate students in arts and sciences. So they appealed to the dean, and we were able to get this beautiful lounge, which is in Old Falvey. So it's where the library is, but you have to go around this other side, which I, I can help you get there if you ever have questions. But it's on the third floor of Old Falvey. It's card, wild card swipe access only. It's 24 hours. It's a very quiet and peaceful space. They have lockers if you want to keep things there for the day. Um, so just something good to know. Of course, social media, so we have a Facebook page. I just had to put a plug in here. The Graduate Student Council also has a Facebook group. So just a good way to um, kind of see what things are going on. We post different opportunities, fellowship opportunities or events that might be going on. So just something to keep in mind. Something that I also wanted to talk to you all about are um, employment opportunities because I know many of you are already graduate assistants. Um, but some of you might not be graduate assistants and want to know, are there any ways um, to find employment here on campus? <laughs> so there are a few that I wanted to highlight, and I have flyers outside that you can pick up if you're interested in any of these. Um, so UNIT, always, which we just, Katie mentioned earlier, always has graduate student-only positions, and they're paid um, you know, better than typical student worker jobs. And you don't have to have any technical experience. Um, they train you in everything that you need to know. And a lot of our graduate students have really enjoyed this, this particular work opportunity. Office of Alumni Relations is also looking for two graduate students. So again, this is another hourly position, but it's a great way to get experience if you might think you want to work in higher ed someday or you just like planning events. They do a lot, a lot of that. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And the Office of Student Development told me about an opportunity that they wanted to me to pass on to you is that we have a challenge course here on campus, which I don't know if you've ever seen any, the, you know, like ropes courses. Um, it's not quite to that level, but they work with groups doing um, team building games and things like that. And they're always looking for people to train to be these challenge course facilitators. So if this is something you're interested in, um, definitely check out the website. I don't have a printout for this because it's, it's all online, but this is something I'd be happy to direct you um, if you are interested in that. And always, um, you can check on our website. They're always posting student jobs. Another plug I wanted to make is for our Graduate Student Ambassador Program. So if you are interested in getting um, some experience working um, with different recruitment events and also to get to know students outside of your, your specific program, we have a Graduate Student Ambassador Program and we ask anyone who's interested to fill out an application um, because we're looking for people who are outgoing, who are interested in gaining experience in higher education, who would like to um, meet not only current students at Villanova, but also incoming students. 
So I have applications outside if this is something you're interested in. Um, I can also email you one if you, you don't remember to pick it up. But we love to have, um, you know, every year we get a great new group of student ambassadors and we think that the students um, get as much of a rewarding experience out of it as, as we get from the students. And we do, um, last year we had an end of year recognition dinner which was really nice and we did professional headshots. So, you know, we really try and make it a very valuable experience for you as well. And finally, before I hand it over um, to our next speaker, I just wanted to let you know about travel funding and research fellowships, which is something that we find to be um, really unique to, to other, what other universities are able to offer master's students. So if you are accepted to present at a conference or take part in a symposium or you know, present in any kind of professional development setting, you can apply to your department and then also to the graduate studies office and we can help you fund that travel. So um, this is limited one conference travel for, per student, um, but our graduate students have traveled to conferences, you know, not only all over the country, but all over the world with this funding as well. We also have a summer research fellowship program, which is a way for you to submit a proposal to the dean um, and if you your proposal is accepted, you can conduct um, your research over the summer with a $3,000 fellowship. So again, our graduate students have conducted research, you know, just right in Philadelphia, but also all over the world as well. It, it, it really just depends on what your project is. So of course, as Susan and Christine mentioned, just be aware that we're here for you. We're on the second floor of Kennedy Hall, right above the bookstore. We um, you know, love to be in touch with you because it's the best way for us to help you and to get to know you. So don't be shy. Um, call us, email us, visit us in person. Um, we just are really looking forward to getting to know all of you over the next um, several years. So now I am going to turn it over to Jonathan Quigley, who just graduated from the Masters of Public Administration program this May, and he's going to talk to you just a little bit about the things that he took advantage of as a graduate student. He um, just recently got a job as the Director of Development for Mercy Corps Volunteers, so we're really proud of him and he will just give you some tips. Okay, thanks, John. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. There we go, awesome. There's a little energy there. First off, congratulations to all of you for taking the step to join Villanova University. Uh, if a guy like me that's standing in front of you can get accepted to, to Villanova and, and graduate, then uh, you all uh, are, are doing well. You guys are doing well. Um, so I'm here to talk uh, a little bit about student life uh, and what you can do with the Philadelphia area as well. So my first piece of advice, and you're going to have like 7,000 pieces of advice when you leave here this morning, but get involved. You took the first step by showing up this morning to orientation. That's great. I'm glad you all decided to come here on a Saturday morning, uh, and thank you for, for being here to, to promote yourself and to support the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences. So while I was here, I was uh, last year the Graduate Student Council Treasurer. I also uh, helped uh, with uh, some people who laid the groundwork before I'm a veteran and we got a student veterans organization off the ground. And when I gave tours, or when I gave tours, excuse me, uh, you have tons of places that you can find a, a, a community here at Villanova. And if you can't, create one, which is what we did. There 
wasn't a, a student veteran organization. So guys like Eric Swanson and Sean Calvin and Teresa Wolfgang, they've got this wonderful organization up and off and running. So if you don't find a community here, start one. And ignite change, as we say at Villanova, and really just get in there and throw yourself into it. You know, if you want to, like, like the young gentleman up there with the beard, if you wanted to start beards and beers, you know, then uh, that, would be, that would be great. Let me know. Uh, so, uh, but, uh, you know, and anything else, if, if there's not a, a, an opportunity for you to connect with people that have similar interests, you can find those people here. Uh, to talk about Philadelphia, some of you might be familiar with Philadelphia. So I'm from West Virginia, and I moved to the big city from West Virginia. Um, and lived in Manning. So you have wonderful neighborhoods all along the main line here, close to Villanova, and then you have wonderful uh, neighborhoods in Philadelphia, Manning, North, Northern Liberty, Center City, Old City, Fishtown, Southville. Wonderful places that you can go. Explore the city. Explore the city. Enjoy the time while you're here. You're going to have tons of time in your work, or tons of time in your life to work. You're going to have to study, but just like Dr. Callis said, you need to make sure that you take that time to relax. Explore the city. You're going to be really close with your classmates and the people that are in your program. So try to branch out today if you can. Introduce yourself to, to other people and get involved. Go to the Graduate Student Council events. I highly recommend last year the first event was a Philly cheesesteak out. So for anybody that's not from Philadelphia, they use SEPTA to get used to taking the, the public transportation here. Philadelphia, and then they went to Pats and Geno's, and they swapped to see which one was better. So it was it was a nice little event, you know. I think they had you know eight or nine people show up that were from all over the country that had, you know heard the cheesesteak thing, and they're like, what is this all about? And so uh, that was a great event. And then we they they had a Halloween party, which we did at Dundale, which is an old creepy mansion here on uh, on uh, campus. We had a, a holiday um, happy hour. We had an end of year. I shouldn't say we, I'm not on it anymore. They do uh, an end of the year spring social, and I can't remember where we did it last year. It was, it was really nice, it was really successful, and we had a lot of really nice hors d'oeuvres and stuff. This is uh, what I'm not used to being from where I'm from. So, uh, and, and the other thing is, is that I always like to plug this because Philadelphia, you know, when people think of parks in, in, in cities around the, the country, you know, you think about Central Park or maybe the Japanese gardens in San Francisco or something like that. Philadelphia actually, the way that the park systems are set up, they're all connected, so they actually technically have the largest urban park system out of any major city in the United States. So the Wissahickon and all the way up to Penny Pack and down into Fairmount and Belmont. The Belmont Plateau is great, it's the best view of the city. Go explore those areas, get in touch with nature if you haven't. If you're a big nature person like me, I'm a trail runner, I'm a big hiker, go do those things. So again, I don't want to take up too much of your time. Thank you so much for being here this morning. It's great that you all are here. Congratulations again. Uh, super, super excited for all of you all. And uh, if you have any questions, contact the wonderful, wonderful staff of Graduate Studies, and I'll answer your question here in a minute. And if you have any questions to me, I'd be more than happy to take any. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there some place where we can network about housing or Sometimes. So where would I go to find maybe a resource of somebody who might be willing to 
Well, Emily Hatcher just revamped, uh, two, what, two years ago, she revamped uh, the housing guide here. So she would probably be your point of contact. Uh, or not Hatcher, I said Hatcher, she just got married. Sorry guys, I'm used to her, uh, her old last name. Emily McClowski. So uh, she would be the, your first point of contact and she would be able to assist you there. We also have a housing blog where, where locals and people looking you know, for kind of different situations posting. So we can get to that. Great question. Does anybody else have any questions while I'm up here? Because I'm, I'm the, obviously, I'm the more of the fun guy. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? All right, well, thank you guys very much for listening to me today. Congratulations and welcome to the Oh, no. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's just undergrad, yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, and also when, when you're, when two years from now, when you all, well not quite two years, but depending on your programs, when you all are done, the Alumni Association of Villanova is wonderful, and it's all over the country, so if you don't stay in Philadelphia, um, it's great, and a, a real, I, I, I forgot this, Saint, uh, the Villanova Data Service, that's another really good opportunity to meet other graduate students, so. Uh, make sure that you volunteer to do that. It's a great event. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. All right. So um, now you've had the opportunity to hear from members of the graduate studies staff. We also invited guest speakers from different offices and services around campus to talk to you today. Um, so the first person on our agenda is Dr. Mary McGonigal um, from the Health Services Center, and I'll ask Dr. McGonigal to come up. Thank you. I don't need a microphone. I can okay. just talk, right? Oh, okay. Good morning and welcome. Everybody can hear me, right? Yeah. So I guess they have good, great acoustics in here. So that's great. And I'm, I'm also pretty loud, so that's actually not bad either, I suppose, in some cases. So again, um, my name is uh, Mary McGonigal. I'm the director of the Student Health Center. And I welcome you to Villanova. Do we have alumni? Do we have people who did undergraduate here? Or a lot of people who are completely new to Villanova? Any undergrads? Oh, a couple in the back. So you know a little bit about Villanova. So um, I think for me, the biggest thing that you can remember from my talk this morning is that the Student Health Center when classes are in session is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's probably the most important thing I can tell you today. And um, so during breaks, we are open eight to four, Monday through Friday, but when classes are in session, we're open 24 seven. And um, just to tell you where we are, we're actually located right next to this building. We are next to Driscoll and on the other side of the, the main gate, right as you enter campus. And we are the health services building. We're on the third floor. We are housed with the counseling center and with the health promotion department. And we have a student run ambulance department. We're all in the same building. And the health center is on the third floor. Our staff is uh, staffed by four physicians. I'm there full time as the director. So I divide my time administrative and clinical. We have a full time sports medicine physician who divides his time between the health center and athletics department. And we have two part-time physicians. I also have four full-time nurse practitioners, and they see students by appointment. And we have round-the-clock nursing care, and we have a physician on call at night. And if for some reason you got admitted to the hospital, uh, we do have privileges at Bryn Mawr Hospital, so we will follow students who are admitted to Bryn Mawr Hospital. Um, 
What I said about the appointments is that we do recommend that if you need to be seen that you call and schedule for an appointment. And we're open 24-7, so you could call 11 o'clock at night, schedule that appointment for the next day, somebody's always gonna pick up the phone. We have the nursing care, like I said, 24 hours around the clock. And you can also be evaluated as a walk-in patient by a nurse. And the nurse can treat some symptoms based on a protocol, but if, if your symptoms are more complicated, they call the physician on call, or what we call the provider of the day during the day. There's the doctors and nurse practitioners are in the health center. We also have a 10-bed infirmary, and the 10-bed infirmary is uh, an infirmary where when you're a little too sick to be in your off-campus apartment, but not sick enough to be in the hospital, you can stay overnight in our student health center. And we do have Wi-Fi uh, internet so that you can <laughs> write those papers uh, while you're sick there. But the, um, the type of patient that stays overnight in the infirmary are typically, especially if you're in the dorm, which I know you guys aren't, most of you are not, but you know, if you have the GI bug and you have nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, you, know, you have your own room and a bathroom, we, we keep mono, pneumonia. Um, you know, sometimes we see some people post-operatively, not like post-op, post-op, but if you had a surgical procedure fit, done and you could be discharged to your home, but you are from Vermont, well then you could always come to our health center and, and we could have some follow-up care in our infirmary. Um, the, the graduate students do not pay a health fee. The undergraduate students pay this health fee per semester. They pay one flat rate for the entire semester, which entitles them one or a million visits to the student health center. The graduate students, you know, the thinking was the graduate students don't use the health center as much as the undergraduates, which sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So you don't pay that health fee for the entire school year, but you will get charged $25 per injury or illness. So that if you come to the health center and you have a bronchitis and I'm gonna see you and give you an antibiotic, that's $25. Now if I asked you to come back for a couple follow-ups for me to listen to your lungs, you don't get charged additional for that. But if you come in two months later with a sprained ankle, well, that's a different injury or illness. So it's $25 per injury or illness to see the physician or nurse practitioner, but that, that doesn't include the follow-ups. Um, you know, the services that we offer are acute medical care, and I mentioned the inpatient services. We also have an allergy clinic for anybody who needs allergy injections. We will have, uh, you know, your, your allergy doctors or immunologists can send us the serum or you bring us the serum and we can administer allergy injections. It's mostly undergrads. I don't think we have many graduate students that get allergy injections. We also have gynecological services. We do women's health. As a Catholic institution, we do not prescribe contraception to inhibit life. It's just about inhibiting life. Um, but we do provide women's health care as one of our services as well. We also have a relationship with Quest Labs so that if you need blood work, we can do blood work in our facility. I send it out, but we can do it. So if you come to see me with fatigue and I'm worried that you have mono, so I might do a CBC or an, and a mono test. I can draw that blood work and send it out to Quest and get the results. And that charge goes onto your bursar bill. I do not charge insurances directly. You do not need insurance to come see us in the health center because anything that we do, we bill to your bursar bill. For those people that have insurance, we can give you an itemized bill and you can submit it to your insurance company. So if you come with your bronchitis and I prescribe a, a Z-Pack for you and I have a small dispensary where I can dispense some of the basic medications. I don't have a proper pharmacy, but we do have a dispensary. So if you get your Z-Pack and you get some Mucinex for your cough, 
that goes on to your bursar bill. And then we can give you an itemized bill to submit to your insurance company to get reimbursed for the medication or the lab work. Now, that being said, we write prescriptions all the time. So if you come to me and you live in home properties right near the CVS and you say, you know what, I would rather just, I have a $5 copay, so can you just give me that Z-Pack and I'll take it to the pharmacy. We can do that for you as well. Uh, I want to mention about the health insurance. So, you know, some of you from your undergraduate institutions may have experienced what they call a hard waiver insurance, meaning you had to show your undergraduate institution proof that you had insurance or you had to purchase whatever the school plan was. We don't have that for the graduate students, but I am happy to say that we can offer to the graduate students a United Healthcare plan that is purely voluntary. So if you are not able to be on a health insurance plan you know, of your parents or guardians or you have COBRA from your job, we do have a plan. And graduate students are eligible. So I guess there's two important things that, to mention from this talk. One is that we're open 24-7. If you are interested in getting a United Healthcare plan, um, you can go to www.firststudent.com. And then you can select Villanova University, and then you will deal directly with First Risk, and that they will get you signed up, and you can pay them directly. Our undergraduate students get hard wavered, meaning they got letters months ago saying, show me proof of your insurance, or you will get put on this plan. That's not the situation for the graduate students. It's completely voluntary for the domestic graduate students. If you are an international student, actually, and whether you are graduate or undergraduate, you probably got that hard waiver email to say you have to have insurance or you, you, you get put on this United Healthcare plan. That being said, I don't get a kickback from United Healthcare at all. You just, we just want to have something to offer the students if you don't have options. There are other options for insurance out there, but this is just one that the university can offer you. The, the, the cost of the plan for domestic graduate students is $3,000 per year, and it runs from August 1st to July 31st. So we, even in the summer when you're, maybe you're not here, but grad students, you're probably here, right, in the summer. But um, it covers you. It will cover you if you go home. If you are from Vermont and you go home over Christmas and you need to see your doctor at home and they take United Healthcare, you have coverage. If you travel abroad, there's also... Uh, coverage for travel abroad. It's a nice plan. It does have a prescription plan as well. And um, it is, uh, like I said, it's $3,000. It does cover dependents. You can enroll your dependents if you have dependents as well at the same price. And um, I'm trying to think. That, so that's another important uh, issue. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we do have a doctor that will follow a student if they get admitted to the hospital. Bryn Mawr Hospital is our closest hospital. We've already had an appendectomy this year. So like two years ago, we had eight appendectomies in one year. I'm not wishing that on any of you. But uh, if you get admitted to the hospital, Dr. Bullock is one of our physicians. He has privileges at Bryn Mawr Hospital, so we can, we can see you at the hospital. And we do have ambulance transport for a basic uh, ambulance transport. If it's a more life-threatening situation, we have to get a paramedic involved from the town. But in our building, we are on the third floor with the counseling center, and we have an ambulance group on the ground floor. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Does anybody have any questions? Yes. So the United Healthcare plan is pretty comparable to what you go and you get like a pay for like a normal HMO or a PPO that like if I went to just a private healthcare 
it provider is. and said, hey, I'm a student now, I don't have my health insurance in It's actually a great plan, and I, am I being taped? I guess I am, but I'm going to say it because it's out there. So a few years ago, um, when the Affordable Care Act passed, the university felt that we don't need to offer a voluntary plan anymore because a lot of our students could go out into the marketplace under the Affordable Care Act. This is just for an example, just to put this in perspective for you. So in reality, in the Affordable Care Act, which it is appropriate for many Americans, it's not great for graduate students. And we found that out. And under the Affordable Care Act, there are levels of a plan that you can purchase, uh, bronze, silver, gold. The United Healthcare plan that we have to offer to the graduate students is actually a platinum coverage. And it is for a cheaper price than the Affordable Care Act bronze. So you're getting better coverage for less money than you would under the Affordable Care Act for the graduate students. Now, I'm not speaking for all Americans. I am, because I know I'm being taped. But I am speaking for, <laughs> for, our, for our graduate students that we lived through it last year, and we found that it was a challenge. Now, that being said, one of the good things about the Affordable Care Act is that, is that students can stay on parent and guardian plans longer. You used to get kicked off when you were 21 or 22. Now I think it's 26. So I, some of you may be able to do that as two, maybe to, to do that as well. But we have found that even students, graduate students who leave a job and come back to school, the COBRA is expensive, although that's probably great coverage too, but it's an expensive plan and now you're students again, so it's a challenge. So the United Healthcare plan is just an option. I would say the one challenge to the United Healthcare plan for a lot of the graduate students is you do have to pay that upfront. Some of our international students, uh, seek Compass. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Compass. It's only for international students, graduate or undergraduate. That's a decent plan as well, and you can pay monthly on that, which is helpful, you know, when you first get your TA job and now you, you're getting a paycheck. So there's pros and cons to everything, but this is just one option that I'm happy to say that we can offer the grad students. Anybody, anybody else? Any questions? <coughs> Well, welcome and good luck, and maybe we will see some of you. Maybe we won't. That's okay. If you stay healthy, that's all. That's well too. But if you need us, we're right next door. All right. Thank you, Dr. McGonigal, and we have our next guest speaker up, um, ready to talk to you. Somebody that I hope you will see is uh, Maggie Songer from Career Services. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, I also wanted to say just congratulations. This is a huge, huge, huge accomplishment that you're about ready to undertake. And I just want to give you a round of applause. Give yourself like a round of applause. I mean, I doubt you're probably doing much of this, but you should be doing that. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, but you're probably thinking about how are you going to leverage this degree in the marketplace that you're going to undertake. And that's where I come in. Um, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm Maggie Songer. I work in the University Career Center. I um, manage, I'm the Associate Director of Employer Relations. So my team and I are, what we're responsible for is in connecting opportunities for you as students and going out and talking to employers and getting them onto campus. So um, I think I have like the best job on the university, but I'm a bit biased. Um, so that, so it's, it's, the opportunities are there for you. Um, so I actually wanted to say that I also was in your shoes. I was a graduate student. I have my master's in counseling. Um, and prior to that, I spent uh, about eight years in the private sector in marketing and business development. So um, I got my master's because I wanted to be a career changer. I wanted to get into higher ed. So 
So some of you may be sitting here like myself as a career changer. Some of you may be looking to take a deeper dive into your academic discipline. Or some of you, in order to get ahead in what you're doing, you need to have that graduate degree or you want to fast track yourself. So um, the Career Center, we're here to support all of those, all of those options of what you're looking to do. Um, so I'm going to have you do a quick exercise, if you don't mind, um, just to kind of loosen things up a bit. But I'd like you to kind of very quickly think of yourself, think of the top three things that you would use to describe yourself. Um, could in, it could be personal, it could be about your degree, um, and kind of turn to your neighbor and share that very quickly. So I'm gonna give you one minute, kind of introduce yourself quickly, top three things to your neighbor, and I'm timing you now, go. <laughs> that was an elevator pitch. You were just giving an elevator pitch about yourself. And that is critical when you are networking. You have to be able to get a person's attention and to engage them and get them excited about yourself. It makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It obviously didn't make anybody here uncomfortable. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, so as you know, I mean, it's uh, no matter the power and how many new technologies that are out there, relationship building is the top way in respect to your career success. So honing those skills, elevator pitches is just about yourself. A lot of people think about that as in respect to an entrepreneurial language of like I'm starting a business, I need to be able to talk about that business really quickly to someone else. But you gotta think of yourself that way as well and be able to talk about yourself. So if that was all uncomfortable to anybody, that's where the Career Center is there to help. Or if you think that you could sharpen it or hone it, that is where we are, we are there to help. Um, some, it, some interesting statistics I wanted to share with you. Uh, recruiters spend an average around six seconds reviewing resumes, reviewing your resume, six seconds, that's it. That's all you have. So that's why this power of networking and kind of finding other ways to kind of engage in your, in your professional development is really important. Um, some other things, um, only 4% of recruiters don't use social media when, in, when they're in that hiring mode. So that means 96% are. So what, where, how you look on social media is critical. That's another place the Career Center can help you. Um, and their number one choice, of course, is LinkedIn that they use for hiring. Um, over 50% of, of companies utilize Googling when they're looking at hiring candidates as well. So, so not only, they're, they're just Googling you, like over 50% would do that. So Google yourself today, see what the heck's out there. See maybe who shares your name and maybe you don't want out there them thinking that's you. Um, and um, only the top 2% of candidates that apply for a job are, are successful in landing an interview. So um, 2%, that's it. So when you're in that mode, I know now you're starting your classes, you're thinking about, you're focused on that. And if you take one thing away, if you take from the nursing that they're open 24 seven, take from me that your professional development starts right now in line with your academic development. You have to keep your eye on the prize in order so that you don't kind of get surprised at the end of this about how you're utilizing it. And that just doesn't mean getting a job. Like I said, if you're looking to use your degree to advance yourself within an organization, you could talk to the Career Center as well about how do you leverage it, how do you talk to your boss about it, how do you kind of navigate internally and network yourself. Those are other areas that we can support you. Um, so at the Career Center, um, we have resources to help you. Uh, one trend that we are seeing completely blow up um, in the space of when you're looking to find a job 
is a lot of recruiters now are using virtual interview platforms to interview. So you're not doing it in person, you're doing it either pre-recorded or via, you know, just live, virtually. We have resources to help you. We've interview streamed to help you practice that in the Career Center. You can log on from our website. Um, and, and, or we could do live interview practice. Uh, we have um, appointments that you can schedule at any time. We have highly, highly qualified career counselors with master's degrees like myself that are in the Career Center that you can schedule time to sit down with them. I highly encourage you to do that, to talk about any of these things that I'm throwing at you right now. Um, and then when you've checked in, you got a handout, and it was called Handshake. That is our career management portal. We are really, really proud of it. We think it really rocks, um, and it's extremely user-friendly. And every graduate student has access to it. You just use your single sign-on. Um, you can log on, you can find Handshake through the Career Center website. Um, some interesting things. So we had over 10,000 jobs posted on Handshake last year. Um, and we facilitated over 27,000 applications to those jobs. So these are companies and organizations, nonprofit, government, private sector, that are specifically requesting to promote their jobs to you as students. So um, it's, not, it's not like just a normal job board. These, these organizations want, want you. So I highly encourage you to get in there. You can manage everything. You can see all the events we're having on campus. You can look at the jobs. You can read our resources, our career library, all within there. And you can schedule an appointment with one of our counselors, if you'd like. So it is, it's your central repository for the Career Center. Um, and you wouldn't be alone. Over 3,300 students used our resources in the Career Center last year. So please, I want you to be one of them as well. Um, some important things to keep in mind, some big dates that are coming up. Our career fair is September 8th. That's right across the street in the pavilion. It's our largest event of the year. Um, we are doing professional LinkedIn profile shots is there as well. So even if you aren't sort of in that mode or don't really want to utilize a career fair if you're on campus and you just want to get your LinkedIn profile picture really sharp, um, come along. We have a professional photographer there. It's open to all students. We're actually sold out. We sold out last week. That's how popular it is and how many employers want to come and talk to students. Uh, we launched this year, which we're really psyched about, a career fair app. Um, so you can navigate the fair through that app. It's uh, Villanova Career Fair Plus um, in the App Store, if you want to download that. And Handshake also, all the employers that are going to be there are, are in the app. Um, and it is legitimately for all disciplines. Um, we have a lot of nonprofit companies. We have a lot of government, public sectors. We have um, the U.S. Navy, the Marines. We have... Johnson & Johnson, who's our premium partner at the fair. So, I mean, it is legitimately everything, every interest that you could possibly have. I encourage you to check it out. Um, then if you are in Falvey at the Graduate Lounge next week, um, stop by. We're having uh, a resume review day by recruiters coming on campus volunteering their time. Uh, 8.31 Wednesday, 1 to 5 in Falvey. And, um, Basically, like I said before, if a, if a recruiter is only going to spend six seconds checking out your resume, here they are coming to campus, willing to sit down with students and give them advice. So if you just want to, you know, starting classes, it's not as hectic yet, you just like to kind of land that and get that looked at and get some advice, bring it by, no appointments necessary, just, just walk in. So um, I think that's all I have. I mean, I hope you walk away feeling comfortable coming to the Career Center, we're at 117 Gary Hall, 
So it's another thing when you pick up your parking pass, you can come stop by and see us, although we're not connected. <coughs> since the parking office just moved to Gary, they're, they're, you can only enter through the outside. I'll tell you that because every day we have a thousand people coming to our office like, how do you get to the parking office? And it's literally the only entrance is outside. So we're in the building. We would love to see you. The alumni office is also there. And if you take, again, my second giveaway, if you take anything from this presentation is please go into your LinkedIn profile, check it out, start to sharpen it, start to add things there. You can ask to connect with me, um, Maggie Songer, if you'd like. Um, there's over 400,000 or 400 million professionals in um, LinkedIn and over 100,000 Villanova alums. So this power of the Villanova network is massive. Take it from me, most of my jobs that I get or new leads for employment opportunities come from alums. They are passionate, beyond passionate, and now they're at your fingertips. So use them as much as you can. So does anybody have any questions or anything before? You're all set, you know how you're gonna use us. <laughs> good, good, I am um, honored to be here. Congratulations again, this is really, really a massive thing and um, you should be proud of yourselves. And please, please visit us at the Crisom. Thanks. Our next speaker is Ms. Yuta Sebar here from Falvey Library, and I'll turn it over to you. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Jutta Seibert, I work in Falvey. Uh, I'm one of the research librarians, one of 12 research librarians, so I may not be your research librarian, but I'm here to give you a quick overview about what we are doing and uh, how we can use the library. Some of you may already have met your research librarian. How many of you have had an orientation in the library? Not too many. And I'm going to meet the history graduate students tomorrow. Who is a history graduate student? So we'll have an in-depth orientation tomorrow. Today I'm just giving you the bare bones. Uh, and the major message I'm, I'm sending out today, all you have to remember is ask. Come and ask us. There's no stupid questions. My, the one that really gets me going is, oh, I have a really stupid question. No, nobody has stupid questions. They are all valid. And if you're new to the system, you're going to have questions. So don't think you have to come up with the solution by, on your own. There are many ways you can contact us and we are always happy to meet you. And if you can't find your subject background, just contact me, absolutely no problem. So um, you probably talked already about the wildcat. How many of you have their wildcat already? The wildcat already. Okay, great. You'll need it to get into the library. In a pinch, you can use your driver's license, but eventually you'll need it to check out books if you're still using books. <laughs> I don't know. Or to do interlibrary loans. So for EasyBorrow, this number down here is really important. So yeah, get the wildcard, get it out of the way. There are many reasons why you should do it, and the library is one of the reasons. Uh, this is a screenshot from the library, so a lot of things about the building, which can be complicated and confusing, are available online. You get the opening hours, you get a map, 
the coffee shop that's there. So the coffee shop was just renovated. It looks much better than it used to. It's open during the semester 24 hours. So if you come to campus really, really early and the library is still closed, there's a separate entrance to the 24-hour study lounge or coffee shop there in the same location. And then when the library closes at midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning during exam time, you can go over there and stay on as long as you want until the morning. Um, there are printers, scanners, and photocopiers uh, throughout the building on the third and on the, on the first floor. Sometimes there are long lines, uh, but they are there. So if you have a really long line on the first floor, you can always go up to the third floor. You can print from any of the uh, workstations in the library, and you can also print from your laptop to those printers. And I think, th do they still have printing allowances? Yes. So you all be aware of that. You have a printing allowance on your wallet card. And it's a very generous one. Take advantage of that. So you can swipe your wallet card and print with your allowance. Um, so yeah, that is there for you. You can always refer back to it. <coughs> this is the library's uh, website. The URL is at the, at the top of the page, very <coughs> simple. You can Google it to find it. The one thing I want to point out is uh, a lot of you are going to spend time in MyNova because your classroom is there, your online classroom. Don't use the library tab in Villanova because a lot of the library applications come up in, in Windows and then uh, the linking doesn't always work. So it's best if you bookmark the library, if you're an avid library user, have your bookmark and just click on that or Google us and, and find us that way. Or the outside of the Nova page has a link to the library as well. But my Nova can be problematic at times. We are trying to fix that. Maybe this semester will, it will happen. Uh, I talked about Ask a Librarian. So whenever there are librarians on duty, 9 to 5 in general, 8 to 5, sometimes till 6, you will see that button. Just click on it. So if somebody is really there, to get right back to you. Otherwise, I know that the homepage, if you're not used to it, can be overwhelming. But the, the simplest thing to get going is that Google-like search box. You can see when you click on that um, gear to the right of Find, you get a menu of options. And you see you can look for the old-fashioned books. We still have those. Or also for articles and, and all kinds of other searches. And as for the building, for those of you who really use print books, the building can be a little bit confusing. Uh, I would refer you to the building map or to the front desk if you get lost. So there is a second, when you search the catalog, there is Farley Main, which uh, the books are on the third and fourth floor. That's pretty straightforward. And then you will see Farley West, which is where the, that section of the building where the graduate study lounges, but you cannot enter from there. So the only way to get into Farley West doesn't matter if it's ground floor, first floor, or second floor. It's on the first floor of the main library. There's only one entrance in. It's like a box inside a building. You have to go in there and you exit there. But as I said, just ask if you get lost. The library uses Library of Congress call numbers. You're probably used to that from your undergraduate days. Pretty straightforward. However, many of you are probably in the social sciences or sciences, and there most of the things you're going to use in the next years are online. So that comes with its own challenges, but the beauty of it is you actually don't have to be on campus to use it. You can use it from anywhere in the world, really. So all your journals, more and more books, 
they are online, you authenticate with your user ID and email password, a single sign-on. Um, and you shouldn't run into problems. If you run into problems, you send us an email or you chat with us. So, uh, one word of advice. If you have an orientation with your research librarian, they're probably telling you what the best database in your subject area is. However, if you just need to look up a quick article, you have a citation, you know what it is, that, that search box at the top is pretty good. If you do use it for research, be ad, uh, advised that there are a lot of, of non-scholarly materials in this search. So you would want to limit your peer-reviewed articles, which is the same as scholarly articles. And then I want to point out, whenever you use the library, you will see this blue find it button. That is our link to the publisher. So it will link you to the online article or the online book, and that you will see again and again, it's always going to work the same way. Uh, and then this search will often recommend you uh, send you to databases. So you see, for, for my search for recidivism, it recommended maybe you should use criminal justice abstracts or ERIC, and the links are right there. So that's a way of figuring out what would be the appropriate database for me to use to get more specific and more relevant searches, search results. So that's good to pay attention to. So I clicked on find it, and then find it right now looks like this. Uh, the citation you're interested in, the item, usually journal article, but it could also be a book chapter, is copied over, and the software is looking for matches in our subscriptions. Sometimes there are more than for this one, for this journal article, it looks a little bit criminal justice and behavior, which is a journal, and we have a subscription with Sage, which is a publisher, Right, a commercial publisher, and it tells you, click on this button and you get to the article. Sometimes you have more than one button, so you have to make sure that you click on the right button that matches the volume you need. And if it tells you, sorry, the library doesn't have a subscription, it says no holdings, right? You will always have this very kindly down there get a scan. This is really important, because as graduate students, you should never make do what the library has. You should always be willing to go out and get articles that we, from journals that we don't have. And get a scan is your interlibrary loan link. Graduate students sometimes have to set up a link. Usually we download all the information about you at the beginning of the academic year. But if you cannot log into the interlibrary loan, just call the front desk, they can activate your account. It happens once in a while, especially if you, if you registered late. So really important for you to go beyond what's here on campus or what we pay for. It doesn't cost you anything, it costs time. But with journal article, it often I request an article at 10 in the morning, at 5 in the afternoon, it's there, it comes as a PDF. Again, you don't have to come to the library to get your interlibrary loan. You just follow the link in the, in the email announcement and you can open up the article as a PDF file. So very convenient, fairly fast, not instantaneous. When you do interlibrary loan for books, it takes about a week because they are still shipped the old-fashioned way. So, and, and I included this because, as I said, you sometimes people think they're still in the library when they click on uh, full text, but we uh, pay hundreds of publishers for content, most of them academic. We have no control over, over this kind of 
pages. So you see, this is a Taylor and Francis journal, there are Sage Journal, Oxford University Press, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of publishers, and they all do their own thing. What you should know is um, they all kind of provide the same type of information. So you are looking generally for the PDF, right? There should be a link to the PDF that will open the article for you. But then you also get other things that are important. So often you can download a citation. You're going to have um, DOI. Many citation styles now require you to include the DOI as part of your citation. It's generally provided there unless it's an article from 30 years ago. Those were not assigned retrospectively. And then often you get the association of the authors or you get uh, metrics for the article, how often it was viewed, who cited this article, very helpful things. Some publishers give you related articles that get you, help you find other things that matter for you. So explore them and don't get confused. They all look very different from each other, but they all have the same types of, type of information. So I talked a lot about your subject librarians. This is the nursing librarian. Um, so I'm the history, sociology, criminology, and art history librarian. But we have a librarian for everybody that's here in the room. So if you need help finding your librarian, I'd be happy to help you. But I'll also show you how you can do it on your own. So on the library website, you have this tab system. So you see you have a home tab, a search tab, and a guides tab. The guides tab has every department and program listed. So history is obviously listed there, art history. If you click on art on history, you should find me, and, and there I am. So when you find the picture of a research librarian, you can see their email address, their phone number, their room number in the library. And if they are in the office and ready to talk to somebody, you can also see their chat box. So this is my chat box, which right now, I'm not in my office, so I won't be there. But <laughs> if you see the chat box, you know I should be answering right away unless I'm running to the bathroom and forgot to log out. So that happens, but give me two minutes, I'll be back. <laughs> what I also have on my subject page is a book now icon and a, a calendar. So if you really want to come in and talk to me about your research project for half an hour or an hour, Look, take a look at my calendar, and then you can book a slot with me. A lot, not every subject librarian does that, but a lot of the other subject librarians offer the same service. The ones that don't have a book now on their uh, subject page, you can always call them and make an appointment. So we all do it. It's just some of us have a hard time organizing their calendars. So, any questions at this point? Yeah, I hope to see you in the library and many, many questions. And good luck. Bye. All right. Um, so at this point, you've heard from a number of speakers that work in offices around the campus. And our final guest speaker here this morning is someone that was in your shoes not too long ago. Her name is Tanya. And she is our president of the Graduate Student Council. So I'm going to turn it over to Tanya. Um, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Tanya Kravchuk, 
and I am uh, the second year from the department, uh, master degree student from the Department of the Theology and Religious Studies. Uh, today I'm so honored to be here and to give my first speech as a current president of Graduate Student Council. The main goal of GSC is to strengthen the Villanova community of graduate students and to engage more and more people uh, in different types of actions inside and outside Villanova campus. We will be so happy to see a strong bond being created at the campus between students and faculty uh, that would uh, last many, many more years more, even after uh, students' graduation. Uh, that's what Villanova is personally for me. I come back almost every day here, not just for knowledge, but to meet with people, uh, to study and to work with them, with people who I'm happy to call my friends. At GSC board, we have uh, certain um, uh, positions, such as vice president of um, finance, communication, social events, philanthropy, and uh, academics. Uh, this year, I'm very grateful to share this board with Andreas Lattes, uh, Barbara Danini, Pamela Tobia, and uh, Emily Sabal, who is right here with me today to support me, and uh, Krupa Patel. And I want just to take a, a few moments to, to express my thanks to them uh, for all the work that they already have been done as a part of their uh, GSC even before the year uh, began. Uh, this year we are planning to have a, a multitude of small scale events um, with students as well as an, at least one big event each month. Uh, we will be more than happy to see all of you uh, coming to our events uh, to participate or even to help us to organize it. So if you ever have any suggestions or any um, ideas on how you can do this, please contact us, to contact any of us, and we'll be more than happy to discuss um, questions with your any organization issues. Uh, so uh, we always uh, make an advertising about the event at least one week in advance, so you will um, be sure you will be, like, keep, uh, be updated about all the events that are happening um, at GSC. Well, it's very welcome to new people, so please bring your uh, friends and acquaintances uh, from campus or out of campus to our activities. Uh, we are going to hold also elections uh, for the next uh, GSC board for 2016-2017 academic year. It's going to happen in a during the spring semester around uh, March, April. Uh, so if you want to be part of it, um, you, c you could fill out application and then we will have an open election so you will have to come uh, to the selections. But again, as I said earlier, you are more than welcome to already participate in organizational activities and um, during even this year and to get this experience and how you can do it later by yourself. Uh, we, it's like the best thing for us is to see that uh, people appreciate and uh, people are engaged in the uh, things that we take. A, a it, it takes us a lot of time to set it up. So um, I also wanted to say a couple of words about our ambassador program. Uh, the ambassador position is a distinguished role at uh, Graduate Student Council that will allow you to interact more with the um, dean and the staff of graduate studies. And you can read more about it at uh, our uh, website, Graduate Student Council website, uh, or you can even uh, already send a resume uh, to, uh, for this position to grad information at villanova.edu. <coughs> So uh, welcome, uh, welcome everyone to board it for Villanova's cruise, and I hope it will take all of you, as it already took us, to the, great, the greatest adventures of your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm very happy to see all of you here. Today we're having a happy hour, cookies, cookies hour, <laughs> uh, right after orientation at 1.30. So you're all welcome to come and join us, and I hope to uh, get to know you better, to speak with you, to chat. Maybe you already can leave you, me your contact information. So. 
we'll keep in touch. Thank you very much for your attention and good luck with this. We actually have a couple other members of the Graduate Student Council or Ambassador Program here to give you a tour if you're interested in that. If you haven't had a chance to explore the campus yet, um, that tour will depart. Well, there actually will be two, one at 12.30 and one at 12.45. So we're running a little bit ahead of schedule, which is great. Um, the lunch is prepared out in the hallway. So the next steps are, again, just come up to the registration table if you want more information on the ambassador program, if you have questions. If you want to know more about the happy hour, come to the registration table. If you want a tour at 12.30 or 12.45, come back to the registration table. But out in the lobby, as you saw on your way in, we have tables set up for people to have lunch. We do break them out by discipline, so you should look for a card that has your program's name on it. Some programs that have uh, 25 people in them, welcoming them here today, aren't going to have room to eat at the table together. But spread out, mingle, have fun, um, introduce yourself to someone. And I'm um, just going to have Dean Callis say one more thank you, and we'll be on our way. Thank you. Welcome. Have fun. Don't forget all those little one thing to remember. And if you do forget, call us. We're happy to help. Have fun. Have a good lunch.